0: of this week and Father's Day. We're not going to be looking at Song of Solomon today. In our study of the Bible from 30,000 feet, you may say, where are we? Where do we go in this? Well, this week we don't have a, a study on Wednesday, but next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll be starting in the book of Ezekiel. So if you want to get started early, you can start in the book of Ezekiel and Lord willing, I don't know when it will be, but we will come back to the Song of Solomon and, um, and be looking at that at, at some time. And so we don't want to miss any of the books, but, um, we, we thank you for your patience as we do this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we find a principle that that I believe is very important, a principle of separation, but in that is a truth that I think is often overlooked. And I want to begin in verse 17. He has been saying and pointing out the picture. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Does... Righteousness have with evil and so on, and he he's bringing out there is they have no fellowship, so don't don't try to put those things together. and um, God has no fellowship with idols, and so on. and he says, because of that, verse seventeen, therefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, in the midst of this, he says, as as a blessing that he holds out to the people. If you walk in my ways, he says, then I will be a father unto you. I will, I will minister to you. I mean, think of this. We have been, we have been going through the Bible and we have seen God as the creator. We have seen God as the judge bringing judgment upon mankind in various passages. We have seen God as the the governor of nations. We have seen God in many roles, and we have seen God as as somewhat distant. Meaning, I am in the holy of holies. Man, I look down and there's a Snicker bar on the front seat. You talk about temptation. I'll I'll try to overcome that. All right. You say, what does that have to do with anything? I saw it. That's what it had to do with it. Okay. But we have seen God as in the holy of holies that only the high priest could come into it. And, and once a year and the access, they didn't have access to the, to God. But now we read in second Corinthians, he says, I will be a father unto you. Now, we are created with a father need. And that is one reason Satan has so attacked fatherhood. And, and caused men to abandon their responsibilities through it all throughout history and has caused there to be, as we alluded to earlier, the attack upon fathers and, and men and so on. And sometimes through we as fathers, our own negligence. Sadly, the word father doesn't bring to everyone's mind someone who is a shepherd or affirms or stays close. I happened to read yesterday, um, hashtag, I forget what it was, when I think of my father, and as I read that, my heart broke. Many of them were, when I think of my father, I think, Think of someone I never knew because he abandoned me when I was two. Or someone that was nice to other people but was a jerk around us. Or on and on they went. And thankfully there were many that that were good. But many times because of spiritual warfare... The the image of a father has been distorted. It comes across as one who is distant or aloof or passive or absent or unreliable or selfish or uncaring, sometimes sad to say and way too often even cruel and abusive. This is much more than just a social issue. This is a very attack at the nature of God because God desires to be a father to all people. And there is there is a, a, a definite need in our lives for fathering. Even secular psychologists have have, have tested to this. But it goes way beyond just human fathering and this need can only be met by God as our father. So when when God gives this promise, and there's many references to it throughout scripture, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, we address him as a father, not as a distant God, not as someone that is far away. This is a this is a relationship. And, and this aspect of God as our Father, what does it mean? And, and we want to look at this this morning and, and just mention four characteristics of, of God as our Father. When, when we say the Father of America, is George Washington? We we understand that as a nation, we look to him as the founder, as the one who initiated this. And um, of course, there were many others. We're not going to go into the history at this time, but you understand the father of this business, the father of this nation. Well, God the Father is the founder of everything. It was all God's idea. It was all God's plan. It was all God's production. And it's all God's purpose. In this sense, He is the Father. He is the founder of everything. We read in Scripture, He is Alpha, the beginning, and Omega, the ending. He he is everything. He encompasses everything. By Him, Colossians tells us, all things consist. There'd be nothing if it weren't for God. And it is God and His laws that hold everything together. Without God, there would be nothing. He he is the founder. He is the creator. He is the representative of everything here. But in so much more, God and the form of the Trinity and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, we understand He began everything. He founded everything. He designed everything he has the purpose in everything and every detail in our life. But we understand Adam represents the founder of the human race. Adam is the first man. And and we're not going to take the time, but you, you would want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Well, go there. We will take a little bit of time here with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 45. And so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You could go on and read further in that. But Adam is the first man, and from him all mankind came from. He is the first Adam. Throughout scripture, it talks about the second Adam, who is referenced to Jesus Christ. We won't take time to, to support that, but it, if you'd like more information, be happy to give you from the scriptures. Adam, the father of mankind, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, is the father of spiritual children in God. If you are born physically, Jesus told John, you must be born again. We are born physically. You have a physical birthday. You are then a child of Adam, and you inherit all Adam's sin nature. But there must come a time in your life where you are born spiritually, and Jesus Christ is the representative of spiritual life he is the way of spiritual life and as our father Jesus Christ is the life giver the father in human life is the one that that gives the life so we're born physically we have physical life but when we are born spiritually It is only through Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ that we are given spiritual life. When we are born physically, we are born in dishonor and corruption and weakness and shame. And we are under the dominion of this life, physical life. But when we receive Jesus Christ, then we are given that which is incorruptible and undefiled, that fades not away. We are given a body that will rise again as seed that is sown. And 1 Corinthians 15 talks about that. But. God, as the Father, is the life giver, and He gives life only through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ communicates spiritual life. He was given to pay the penalty for our sin, and whoever receives Him, to them gives He power to become the sons of God. So there is a response on my behalf. I was born in sin. I am condemned under sin. But Jesus Christ paid the penalty for my sin. And when I trust Jesus Christ to forgive my sin, God is my Father. I am born spiritually. He gives me spiritual life. I will live with Him for eternity. He will be a Father unto me. No longer going through a priest, no longer separated. He comes into my life. And everything that you ever dreamed a Father could be or should be, Everything that you ever wanted from an earthly father, Jesus is and will be to you. It doesn't matter who your earthly father is. As earthly fathers, we fail, we are limited, we are um, disappointments. And no one is a perfect father, and no one has a perfect father. But then God says, I will be a father unto you. And and everything that we could ever imagine a father to be, God is the perfect Father to us. But there must be receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. So, He is the founder. He is the life giver. But this is where I want to to spend a little more time. He is a personal Father. I will be a Father unto you. we read that he would be a father to the fatherless. There are many today that have been fatherless. There hasn't been a man in their life. God said, I will be a father to the fatherless. He will not leave us as orphans. This morning you may have come with great trouble and turmoil in your heart. But Christ is still your Father as a child of God. You may be discouraged in your spirit, and you may be wrestling with doubts and fears, But God desires to minister as a father in your life. As a father, the perfect father, he ministers kindness to a child. And even when as a disobedient child, he does not cease to love us. He will help us. He will draw us to him. You will find him as a friend, a father that has your best interest in mind. He provides, he protects, he directs, he encourages. And you might say, wait a minute, those are all positive things. Provide, protects, directs, encourages. They are, but he also corrects us. We don't always find that encouraging. He rebukes us. He disciplines us. He challenges us. He puts us into things to help us grow. He, he exposes us to situations that will stretch our faith. Because He knows we're going to need a strong faith. He knows what we have need of. He is the perfect Father. And there have been many times that come in your life and come in my life that we say, that's the last thing I needed. And God, the Father, says, no, someday you'll understand it. He is the perfect Father. There there have been many, many times... In my life, that as a father, I've said, whoa, that didn't work so well. And my kids said, that's for sure. And they may have said, we could have told you if you'd ask us. But you know what? God, as our father, never says, that didn't work so well. He is the perfect father. Father. I mean, we can rest in Him. We may not understand it. We may not be able to explain it, but someday we will, and we will say, God, you were the perfect Father to me as we look back on our life. In the Old Testament, a Hebrew word that is used that is often translated as loving kindness. For example, thy loving kindness is better than life. It, it carries with it the, the fatherly care that is is given to us. The Word God speaks is of His loyal love to all His children. It's a love that that keeps on loving. No matter what dumb mistakes we make, no matter how we may blow it, he is a God, the Father, that never lets His children go. The Scripture tells us of the Father's love. And let me just read this list. And, and these are all taken from Scripture about the Father's love. The Father's love is a great love, a priceless love, a lavish love, an unfailing love, a love that surpasses knowledge, a love that is full of goodness. This is your Father. A love that is safe, a love that calms our fear, a love that pursues us, a love that is deep, a love that is never quits, a love that is inseparable, that is invincible, that stops at nothing, that paid a huge price for us, that adopts us, that cherishes us, that is extravagant, that redeemed us, that fills our hearts, that is better than life itself. You have a perfect father as a child of God. And you can trust Him. The storms that come in life that you experience, it's all come through the Father's hands. And you cannot imagine His great love for you. The The song we have in our hymn book was written by a man That gave himself to be an evangelist, saw the blessing of God on his life, and yet there was trouble in his own home. It came to the point that his wife said, I do not want this lifestyle. I want the big city life and lights And as Charles F. Weigel put his wife and daughter on a train to send them to California, his heart was literally crushed and torn apart. Several years later, through his walk with God, He sat down and wrote, I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found in him a friend so strong and true, I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. And then he wrote this chorus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take my sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. He goes on and said, All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me, and he led me in the way I ought to go. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love, but I'll never know just why he came to save me, till someday I see his blessed face above. No one. Ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. You have a father that cares for you with a perfect love that no one, no one even comes close to loving you as much as he does. And it is a perfect love. And because of that, when the storms of life come, we need to run to Jesus. I mean, He loves you. The songwriter also, in, in another song, not the same Charles Wagle, but understood the reality of God as our Father. Said, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. Jesus can help me, and Jesus. Do you understand? By the Father's design, there come things in our life that are overwhelming to us. And by His design, it is to get us to run to Jesus. To run to the Father's arms. That's what He wants. He wants us to be brought close to His heart. Last night Andrew and his family were over we grilled barbec uh hamburgers and and did our father's day thing last night well all of a sudden you know when you have kids around here comes one of them Emery comes running holding her head and crying and and um slipped off a chair I don't know anyway cut her eye up here but she ran to her father and and jumped into his lap and there's comfort there. And in life, we get bloody. We face some difficult, difficult times. But you have a Father that He says, come to me. And He wants to take you and hold you. And He wants to minister in your life. But He can if we don't run to Him. And you may say, I don't know what to say to Him. Just go to Him. The Spirit will intercede with groanings that you can't utter. But I want you to know today, God is my Father. As a believer, He is your Father. And and maybe you've had difficulties with, with the Father in your life, and, and it's a... It's a distorted image or whatever. Ask God to help you to see Him as the perfect Father. And maybe this burden that you're bearing and you say, why do I have this? God says it's to get you to run to Me. I want you to know My heart. We need the Father. And He is longing for us. Let me just quickly mention, He is an everlasting Father. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Once you become a child of God's, we are His and His forever. There will be no goodbyes with Him. Nothing in all creation or all of life can separate us from the love of God. Not even death itself. Charles Spurgeon once said, There is no unfathering Christ and there is no unchilding us. He is an everlasting Father. I thank God for the Father that God put into my life. But the time came when his body was too too broken to allow him to live in it, and he was absent from the body and present with the Lord. And you know, there were many times afterwards that I I felt in my heart, man, I wish I could tell Dad this, or "I, I wish I could ask him about this, or why didn't I ask him about this, and... But you know what? I've learned so much more about my everlasting father. Because his body never gets too old that he has to leave. And there is always access to our everlasting father. Nothing can separate us from him. I have a father and you you may have grown up without a father you may have grown up with a father that that was not right you may have grown up with the most wonderful father but it, they may be gone but you have an everlasting father in in God and He will always be standing. That relationship will never be broken. And not only is it everlasting in us, it is everlasting. He is the founder. We started with that. And He will be the last one standing. And He alone is eternal He is victorious, His kingdom is eternal, and Christianity will never die because of our everlasting Father. Rejoice in that today and run to the Father today. And run and say, God, how how am I so blessed to have you as my Father by faith in Jesus Christ? And maybe you're weighed down, but as you're running, say, I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Heavenly Father. We take that so for granted. Lord, forgive us. And Lord, I pray today for perhaps individuals here today that have never received Jesus Christ, so they really can't say, My Heavenly Father. But Lord, I pray today they would respond to your Spirit's drawing of them. And I pray that they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins and begin to know the personal care of you as the perfect Father. Lord, we are humbled when we realize that you are willing to be a Father unto us to provide for us, to protect us, to comfort, to encourage, and yes, to correct and rebuke and chasten, to direct and to bring us safely home. Lord, I pray today that we would run to you. I pray today that we would enjoy fellowship with you, our everlasting Father. Thank you that this is a relationship that cannot be broken, that you are everlasting. And that we can rest in your everlasting care. Lord, may today every one of us here know the peace, the joy, the humility that comes. By embracing you as our everlasting Father, I pray in your name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.